cap off Black History Month, we want to feature another black artist in Leon Bridges. Now this song is actually a Macklemore and Ryan Lewis song featuring Leon Bridges, but the song has a lot of meaning to Michael, and that's why he brought it to the table. We hope that you would check out more of Leon Bridges' songs, as they are really, really good. As always, if you want to join the conversation with us, reach out to us, songswedidnwrite at gmail.com, or find me on Instagram at shaggyverses, that's S-H-A-G-G-Y-V-S, and uh, send me a message. Uh, whether you know us or not, we'd love to sit and break down songs with you, whether it's in person or virtually. Thanks again for listening. Mr. Brandon, who did the snow blowing and the shoveling of your driveway today? Or last night, I should say. Dude, it is cold today. Mm. It is cold. I did. Well, today, when I got home from work, I didn't do it at all. Okay. I'm going to have to uh, finish up tomorrow. Okay. But I've done the last couple times. Becky, Becky's done a couple, though, too. She actually enjoys snow blowing. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I have not done any snow blowing or shoveling yet this winter. Ooh. Yeah. Who I, does that for you? A bit embarrassed to say that. And not because it's a gender thing, more of a cameo has done it. Okay. Every time. And I've been so, like, literally yesterday, I was cramming for school i'm just always doing schoolwork, man you know and so she's super sacrificial which is great but um yesterday our neighbor came with her snowblower oh nice and did the bottom of our driveway after they plowed you guys have a snowblower too though right yeah my mother does we don't oh, okay but we live next door to her, so we sh so we share it but um i don't know man i just had this moment where it was like you need to get out there <laughs> Next time the snow comes down and do something. Um, no, I, I enjoy it, man. I throw some headphones in. Yeah. Turn a podcast on. Dude, it's so on. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's it's totally, it, it for me, it's just, it's one of those jobs that's like, you just, it's robotic and it's a good chance to really focus on a podcast or, or music. So I actually don't, I don't mind. Becky will sometimes like when I'm at work, if it's been snowing through the day, she'll do that mm -hmm. before, you know, before I get home or whatever. But otherwise, man, I'm, I'm like tonight, we just got home and, and did dinner and had a couple things to do. And I knew you were coming over. And so I'll just go out tomorrow morning. Amen. Although it is like, I, I bet you almost everything out is just going to be completely frozen. Now, yeah. So it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, so now that we got that out of the way, yeah, our, our weather small talk there, how's, how's that, huh? We don't, we don't normally talk about the weather, but when we do, we'd go hardcore with it. Yeah. I mean, don't do anything. Let's talk another five minutes about the weather in Wisconsin. I did tell Josh at work today when I came in, I said, dude, there are only a few days a year where I question why I live in Wisconsin. And this is one of them for real when it is this cold. Yeah, man. I, for some reason, I tend to forget that I live in Wisconsin like multiple times a winter. And this morning was one of them because I allotted myself the same amount of time. I usually show up to work a couple minutes early, you know, and, and can settle in and everything. I gave myself that equal amount of time, not thinking 
I'm going to need to drive 37 miles per hour on the country road that I take here. I was like, you moron. But when I got there, other people, yeah, so I wasn't feeling too bad. Yeah. So, um, Kevin by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis featuring your boy, Leon Bridges. Mm-hmm. So, I'll ask you, and then... I'm assuming it may come back to me because it's only <laughs> two of us talking and we I got a little to bit talk of time for at least an hour and six minutes. <laughs> um, Depends on how long you want it to go. So when I, I had suggested, um, and I'm not saying this in like a, uh, sometimes you can say things like this and it almost sounds like that kind of like, um, Oh, I helped educate you. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the, I'm, I'm interested to hear because I believe when I, said I wanted to do this song. You mm-hmm. had not heard it yet, is that correct? Correct, yeah, I had not heard this so song. So I kind of would like to hear you um, say a little bit about what your your first impression of this song was, and then, you know, if you want to say anything about the album. But I, you, you mentioned a little bit the other day, but we didn't have, you know, time we're at work and we had to get to stuff. But you had just told me, dude, I've listened to this, you know, um, this Unruly Mess I've Made album, like, multiple, multiple times, and it is something special. So what? take it away. Yeah, man, you, you put this... You put this album on the map for me, although Tony, my brother, showed me the song Downtown. We both have him to thank for this. He he introduces it. Yeah, when he dude, I remember seeing that music video and just like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it dude. was amazing. And for whatever reason, I didn't pursue the album or anything at that point. Um but what was that? Probably three or four years ago, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, this came out in 2016, so it was probably right after it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I had never listened to Macklemore. But what what actually came up is you wanted to do a Leon Bridges song. Mm-hmm. And so it actually started with Leon Bridges. And you'd asked me if I knew a song or two by him. And I said, yeah. And I, and I said, dude, if you want to do that, because I, I was going to do the Gary Clark Jr. song, and you wanted to do a Leon Bridges song. And I said, whatever one you, you want is fine, but I'm cool with doing one. And so then you sent me this song, and I was like, well, this ain't a Leon Bridges song. This is a Macklemore and Ryan Lewis song featuring Leon Bridges. But then, like, uh, um, dude, I listened to it. And uh, as we go through, I'll, I'll kind of talk about a few things that kind of grip me. But one thing, right away, the production of the song was great. And what I mean by that is not necessarily even the sound quality of it, but the, the music the musical elements that were within it. The composition, yeah. Yeah, just just phenomenal. Like, listening through, just like, wow, this is really, it was really kind of masterful from a production side. And then when Leon Bridges' voice came in, I was like, this is why Michael picked this song <laughs> and not another Leon Bridges song because uh, it's just powerful. And I think what was funny is, um, you know, I had never turned on a Macklemore song um, prior to you asking me to do this. And when I heard kind of how powerful the song was and how well produced really it was, I was like, man, I should listen because this, I kind of like this. And so I looked up, you know, um, the, the album and noticed, Oh, downtown. I remember the name of that song. Let me listen again. And as soon as it came on, I was like, Oh dude, I got to watch the music video again. And I want to talk about this just for a second because, dude, there is a moment in that music video. First of all, I, I probably should say, I don't, there are songs that I hear and then you watch a music video 
And it's like, it's not at all what you kind of pictured in your mind. Let me give you a good example. Simple Math by Manchester Orchestra. Right, very disjointed. I heard disjointed. that song many times, and then I saw yeah. the music video, and it was so far-fetched from what was in my mind's eye, I actually didn't want to watch the music video because it was completely unrelated to what was in my mind's eye. Yeah. But this music video is a basically like a musical. It's like the it's like almost yeah. like the song was created for the video for Downtown. Yeah. In a way. And and so not only was the music production great, but the the video was just perfect. And dude when dude comes out on the chariot of four <laughs> royal Enfield motorcycles, majestic as hell. Dude, I lost my mind at how awesome that moment is. Not only musically in downtown, but like you're watching this thing, and I'm like thinking, dude, how could this be more perfect? Like it's it's kind of the best music video ever. Yeah, downtown oh, man. is man, it's, it's super so, cool, so great, dude. Yeah, and uh, anyway, um, so I didn't when I heard Kevin. I didn't know that this song was on that same album. So I, but, but obviously when I went back and I'm like, I, I think I'm going to listen to other stuff on this. Um, I saw Downtown was on it, but I'm like, let me start it from the beginning because that's just what I do. And that first song was really um, lyrically, it's, sorry to go off on a rant, but like I was just floored mm. at the lyrical talent because that's not something, what was happening on the first track of this album was not something I could do completely beyond any talent that I have to be able to put all of the thoughts together cohesively, um, describing it the way that he was, that was powerful. So I'm like, well, wait a second here. Downtown was awesome. Kevin was powerful. The first track is powerful. The third track about Brad Pitt's cousin was just like making me bob my head and laugh a little bit. I'm like, I got to listen to this whole thing. And it went from a guilty pleasure to like, fuck it. I love this album, yeah. dude. Oh man, it was. I told you too. I'm like, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, and you're. And then you told me it's like one of your top ten. Yeah, I hate to steal the thunder if you're going to say it, but I'm like, I'm, I, I did. I was surprised to hear it was in your top ten. And dude, I, I ended up listening to this album since you showed. Since you talked about bringing, I've at least listened to this album seven times now, and it is no law. It's it's amazing. The production from Ryan Lewis on this. Mm is second to none, dude. There is nobody yep. that could turn these songs the way they are, include the elements in the panning spectrum he has. I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I'm sorry, dude. But you really, uh, thank you for bringing this to the table because this album, in all sincerity, is just top-notch, dude. It, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Anthony. Um, and you're right. I mean, Ryan Lewis is going to end up being such an under... Um, I'm not going to say underappreciated. I mean, he's obviously very recognized for the work that he's done. But I would argue probably nowhere near um, recognized as much as he should be for the contributions that he makes um, in just a uh, brilliant way. You know, his his positioning of just, just little choir um, um, uh, uh, choruses um, or like little melodies he'll put in and then take mm -hmm. out and just, man, it, it, you said it perfectly. It is a masterclass. And I think it's good to acknowledge like what we're dealing with, with this song. Um, so I'll just say, well, I, uh, one no, second, yeah, sorry, Ryan Lewis uh, on the albums. Cause I think he only did two with Mac Lamore. He, he is so significant in how great these albums are that I would never say Mac Lamore. Yeah, you got to say Macklemore. Yeah. That's how significant Absolutely. his contribution is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, 
so when I first heard this song, Anthony brought it in and I'd never, you know, probably like most people, I had heard Thrift Shop by Macklemore. And I always thought it was pretty cool. Like I always thought like, oh man, this is different. It's something, something new, but I probably heard it like while I was like drinking or something at a party. Like, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't attuned to what was going on. The genius of even, even that song. And so Anthony was like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to put on this Macklemore album. Um, because we had such a cool music, you know, uh, listening environment at work. And so he did. And like, man, it was just ripping, you know, and I think this is track five on that. And, you know, with my past as a recovering addict, um, I think it's seven, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Um, Maybe I'll pull it up. So I heard, I could hear, like, I could make out the lyrical content like the first time, because sometimes I don't, the first time through listening to a song, sometimes you're just, I'm just feeling the music. Like, I know it seems like I pick apart lyrics a lot, but sometimes that comes like way later. Uh, there are many, many moments where I'm just moved by the music, you know? But this time I was hearing the words that he's saying and I am just floored because the opening verse um, and how it leads into the chorus. Um, and I, I will talk about that. So man, it's we're both wrong. It's track six. Sorry to okay, interrupt. nice. Yeah, Split right the between. difference. Yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> go ahead, dude. He, I totally he, just derailed dude, he you. Finished, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. He finishes that first verse, and I'm like, I it's it's in my chest now. Like I'm starting to like, you know, really kind of well up. And then Leon Bridges' voice came in. Dude, and I'm tearing up at work. Can you, yeah, when you say at work, can you paint the picture a little bit though? What's going on around sure. you? What's, What's like? going on around me is your older brother is over in the corner on the computer, fielding phone calls, taking, you know, doing something technical. Was this back when you were near the dino room? This was. Oh, okay. And Zach is a couple feet away from me. Um, and I look to my right, like 20 seconds, 30 seconds into the song. I'm like, dude. And he's giving me that look like, yeah, man. And then by the time I was not looking at Zach, by the time the verse finished and it was going into the chorus, because I was like, dude, I'm like, this is rocking my world right now. And so anyways, um, that progressed into me checking out the whole album and going off on a Macklemore uh, tangent. But the reason I chose this, because we are playing, you know, we did specifically select, we wanted to feature Leon Bridges um, to recognize Black History Month. Um, I have, mo I have Leon Bridges' albums, right? Um, there's plenty of stuff that I've listened to his, like, live and everything. His voice, the way it comes in, hits me probably the hardest out of any work that he's done in this song. So that's why I wanted to choose this song. And, of course, it being paired with the, the lyrical prowess of Macklemore and the subject matter of the song itself really um, infuses... Leon Bridges' voice for me in this to where it just knifes right to my soul, you mm -hmm. know, in the most um, powerful of ways. And so, yeah, man, that's why I wanted to talk about this song. Well, I, I, I'd like to hear you talk a little more because the lyrical content, obviously, in this song is probably pretty close to your past or even perhaps some people that you've known that have maybe even passed away from overdosing or you know, whatever I, I, you know, can you kind of talk a little bit about maybe the power of the words within this and how it relates to you and, and your past? Yeah. So, um, 
thank you for for asking me to do that. Um, so yeah, I lived in active addiction for uh, about ten years, and um, there is a um, sequence. There's a lyrical sequence in this that really captures um, very vividly and very truly what it's like to live in active addiction. Um, Macklemore is a recovering addict himself, and so it also helps that he's had such time seasoning his talent so that by the time he's got to this point, by the time he's got Ryan Lewis masterclassing the producing and, and composition of the song, and you got someone like Liam Bridges on it, Macklemore has groomed his lyrical abilities to be able to pull these lines off in a perfect fashion. And so when he's um, saying, only thing to numb the pain besides that shit in his nose, he was going to quit tomorrow, we're all going to quit tomorrow, just get us through the weekend, and then Monday follows. And at this time, he's starting to rip it. You know, he's, he's yeah, starting when to... I, when I heard that, that this, the, the line you just said, I was like, I, was like I, I immediately thought to myself, this song has got to be really special to Michael. Um, not only can you tell, even from somebody like me on the outside listening, but like I, I started just thinking like, oh, okay, this is going to get emotional by the end of this song. That was when I kind of, yeah. Yeah, I might cry while we're talking, uh, maybe even soon with what I'm about to get into, but when he says, and then Monday follows, then it's Wednesday, then it's fuck it, I'm already feeling hollow. Might as well go crack a seal and might as well go chug a bottle. Might as well go pop a pill and go and band-aid that problem. And then these last three lines. So, so you go from like, I'm going to quit tomorrow, right? And then it's just, okay, then it's the next day. And then it's like, man, I got to make it through. And then you get to the weekend. And dude, it always ends like this. And escape this world, vacate this world, because I hate myself. No praying is going to cure this pain. I had a very, you know, you have those moments in life um, sometimes that you can remember more than any. And I had a moment a few miles away from here at the, what it used to be called the Logley Grocery Store. Yeah. So I'm 33 years old right now. This was when I was probably 19 or 20. And this was in the early stages of being addicted to heroin. And I had this very um, uh, overwhelming feeling come over to me. It was almost a certainty. I was on my knees stocking groceries. And I was pretty certain that that was like everything was falling apart and there was just no going back. And it wasn't just this like um, cheap, like, oh man, you know, like I had this deep certainty in my gut. I'm like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's only going to get worse from here, you know, like I'm hopeless. And I was hopeless in the most sincere of ways. Um, and man, I just remember that day I had that feeling and I looked up um, shortly after that. And I remember there was a guy and he was dressed um, relatively well. And dude, at this point, I'm not spending a whole lot of money on food. Like I'm just using what I have to like pay whatever meager bills I had and then just use. And um, dude, this guy was kind of well-dressed and he was just getting this sandwich out of the cooler. And then he grabbed this bottle of water. And I would have never buy a bottle of water at this point. Like, I'm not going to use a dollar nineteen on a bottle of water. I'm going to go get it out of the sink. He got this sandwich in this bottle of water. And, man, I just wanted to be him so bad. 
Like, dude, I just wanted to be anyone else, man. I just wanted to be out of that skin in, in, in a desperate way. And so, dude, to just sit here and talk about this song and, and what it means, um, man, it's just beautiful, dude. It, it's just, it's beautiful that we have art as a means to get that pain out. So why don't you talk about the words right after that then? <laughs> I'm not really done listening to you. Because that's uh, right after you stopped is when Leon Bridges comes in for the first time. Tell me a little bit about the chorus. Yeah, man. Doctor, please give me a dose of the American dream. Put down the pin and look in my eyes. We're in the waiting room and something ain't right. Um, Dude, put down the pen and look in my eyes. <laughs> is so powerful man <laughs> the way he sings it too yeah how the music drops out and the how he the how the music drops out and then you're just listening to him and um i think that anybody no matter the occupation whether it's a doctor or not if you were to ever here put down the pen and look in my eyes it's like a showstopper line that's like okay we're about to get real um it's a beautiful line. It's a super well-written one line that, that everybody would understand is like, I, okay, we're good. I've got to pay attention now. Mm. And so there's just a lot of power in that line. Mm. And I think what he's trying to get, obviously the point that he's getting across with these statements, um, I think the further we go into this, I think there are some questions that I have um, because I see this in a little different, or I interpret this, I should say, from a life application standpoint, probably in a different way than you. And I'd, I'd like to have a little bit of a discussion, maybe a little later in the, in the podcast here on it. But um, I, I really, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to hear you break down. I suppose it's actually more a little later in the song, because I think he kind of goes from the first, um, you know, the first verses of the song, <clears throat> more or less telling the story and setting the stage of, of what it's like to go through these thoughts and this torment and, and whatever. And then, uh, then comes in the whole line of the, the prescription, you know, mm -hmm. getting the prescription and, and then he kind of tells the story uh, a little deeper and, and also begins to uh, point fingers a little bit. And, and, and maybe that's a harsh way to put, I think he kind of, he, he wants, um, he wants some accountability, mm. you know, and he's, he's kind of vindictive. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to hear your take on that. Yeah. So like, dude, we need people like Macklemore, you know, is really, you know, he's a Renaissance man. Right. Um, he and 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 he he has tough shoes to fill because often he can come off as just idealistic you know what i mean it's really hard to keep an edge when you you know when you when you want to be an advocate for you know different causes and 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 especially when you're not like in you know if you're not a specific expert in a certain field right you know what i mean like i highly doubt you know macklemore has done extensive research on the the capitalization and profitability of the pharmaceutical industry. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he also has probably similar experiences to me 
um, where I've seen a lot of people so negligently overprescribed and hollowed out. It's just, you know, I could go on. But so my, my point of all this is saying is like, sometimes you just got to say stuff, man. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You yeah. got to drop the disclaimers. And as an artist, sometimes you just have to put some sentences together and put it out there, right? Yeah. And so some could just argue that like, this is just um, some of the things he may be saying in this are too simplistic. And I, I don't think, I don't think, one should consume a song like this with such cynicism. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think one would be better off consuming a song like this, experiencing a song like this with just empathy and an open mind. 100%. You know? And so with that, um, I, I love it. He, he chops it out and, and I'll, I'll make a mention and I will not get into this because it's one of my, <laughs> it's one of my biggest demons that I look forward to fighting soon. Like as a writer, I, I want to really take this on, but we're, what we're dealing with right now in the recovery community, uh, there's a drug called Suboxin or Subutex. Um, Suboxin is the name brand and Subutex, I believe is the generic. Um, it gets you super high. Um, but it technically, from a um, doctoral standpoint, is um, preventing you from getting high because it blocks the opioid receptors. So if you take this drug, you technically can't get high on heroin, right? You can't feel it. And you actually get kind of sick. I've tried it myself before. But dude, you take, if I gave you a small amount of this drug right now, you would be messed up for the rest of the day, straight up. Um, I've taken it for, I, I used to take it myself. I took it recreationally. Then I tried to wean myself off of heroin with it and all this stuff just down the road, man, we have rehab facilities in Rockford that anyone who comes into that facility with an opiate addiction, they get put on heinous amounts of Suboxone. Hmm. Dude, I'm dealing with people coming out of treatment facilities and I, and I'm saying I'm dealing with it cause I am the one dealing with it. We're the ones at the front lines, dude sponsors and people working in recovery communities that are trying to keep these people from being catatonic, right? From being just lifeless. And we got doctors putting people on heinous amounts of Suboxone and they're just high. And so they're not changing behaviors. They're not changing mindsets. It's just substitution. So I won't get in, into any more of it right there. But when you, when you have, when I have some of the experiences I've had with some of the freedoms that I have, right? And how grateful I am. And, and just how, dude, when you go through something, like some of the things I've been through, and you get to have moments with your nieces. <laughs> dude, I'm going to get so emotional during this whole thing. Dude, before I came over here, man, my niece called me to read a book with me. Um, with my sister over FaceTime, my three-year-old niece. Dude, I wouldn't have that shit if I wasn't clean. Yeah. You know, not even close, man. And especially if I wasn't all doped up on some boxing, dude, that would not be my main concern. And so you just get this, you get this anger, dude. And I would, I would be close to say it's a righteous anger. Like something's fucking amiss here and we need to do something. And so anyways, just what a beautiful way to do it through music, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man, I get amped up because, and, and how do you not when you hear Leon Bridges' voice? How do you not when he's just wailing like put down the pen and look at my eyes. So, well, I think <clears throat> you spoke about that. That was a that was really great. How you um, said, you know, to to look at the, the 
through the art, he's able to express it in a way that you don't have to take it such a literal or, or you know, sit and analyze exactly how he's looking at it or pointing a finger at it. You've got to take that and look at it through a lens of empathy and, and understanding the pain. And also, um, I've, I've said this before, but art gives you the opportunity to put out the extremes in a safe way. Mm. Amen. And so for him to be able to kind of um, bring about the, the experience of somebody that's going through this and allow this is what it feels like, you know, there's, it's, it's almost, um, I, I guess, I guess he just allows you to feel a little bit of what could be going through there. They're like, okay, one day you might feel motivated, but then the next day or a couple of days later, it's like, yeah, fuck it. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow. You know, maybe, maybe it'll, you know, it's that feeling of, of being hollow. And then also just kind of, there's gotta be a responsibility put on somebody to be able to help make this better in some way. Because an addict can't just be told, stop doing that, and they say, okay. <laughs> like, that's just, it can't be that way. And if, if prescriptions are accessible um, because they're not being monitored in the amount that they're given or, or you know, it's, it's a money-making thing for somebody, there's some irresponsibility that can be in that. And I think, as I listen to this... Um, I would make the statement that I don't necessarily agree that all of the responsibility is on a doctor prescribing. Right. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I don't, I don't say all the responsibility is on them. Right. Because there is a level of clearly um, there are many different prescriptions and I've even seen prescriptions that some people have taken that have done good things for them it's not mm -hmm. it's not they're not worse that they're taking that mm -hmm. and uh again like i'm trying to tread these waters with a way that's like i, I don't have a whole lot of personal experience with prescriptions mm -hmm. i'm very thankful that i i don't take a prescription i would just put that out there i don't take a prescription every day but i also don't look at that as as better or even different than somebody that does because I have people very, very, very close to me that take prescriptions every day. And so, um, and, and I think that it's a good thing that that's available to them. And so um, I think like almost anything, and we even discussed it, is it, we even discussed it a little bit um, with a conversation we were having prior to podcasting today, but there's got to be balance somewhere. Mm. And I think finding that balance is becoming the theme. Uh, it, it's been really a theme that I've been looking, I, I guess I've discovered that without actually saying it's a theme, it's something I've been trying to find in my spiritual life when I was leaving, you know, leaving the church and, and totally coming to a different understanding of my concept of God. I've tried to find balance and tried to be fair and, and, and understand why, what other people you know, what their truth is and being fair and finding balance in the way I speak with them, in the way that I, I go about, you know, uh, coping with some of the things from my past. And so, you know, um, I don't think that the song Kevin requires an element of balance. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think it does. I think that the point of the song is to say there are people that are hurting, that are addicted, that are able to find this stuff wherever, and you can't have zero responsibility to try to make this pandemic get better. Mm. And I think that that does need to be said. Mm. Although I don't wholeheartedly agree that it's all on a doctor prescribing the pill or the people manufacturing them, right? But there has to be a level of responsibility. And I think a lot of times really um, driving home the point mm -hmm. that there's responsibility somewhere is often doing it in the extreme. And that's what art allows people to do. And I'm thankful for that. And I think exactly how he does what he does in the song is appropriate for it to be in the song. Yeah. Dude, hundred, you broke that down super well. And, and I'm going to go off that because yeah, Macklemore doesn't have time to qualify himself. You know what I mean? He doesn't have time to say, Okay, hey everyone, here, here's the deal. Like, I'm a recovering addict. I get the I get the concept of uh, personal responsibility, right? Or I wouldn't be clean or alive right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I know where playing the victim gets me, right? Um, he doesn't have the time to say. Just so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things, but um, I do know that there's probably a lot of doctors out there who care that don't overprescribe. You know, he doesn't have time, and so that's I, I completely agree. The, it's it's on us as as listeners, appreciators, lovers of art to sometimes, um, you know, try and keep an open mind and trust the artist. You know what I mean? Or give the artist the benefit of the doubt. And the benefit of the doubt I think that this song deserves is just allowing it to hit your heart. You know what I mean? In ways. And, and I think you're very right. I don't think it should be consumed just as this pop shot at the pharmaceutical industry. Leon's voice just makes you man it applies to anything like put down the pen and look in my eyes like it makes me never want to be too busy to have a moment with a nephew that that, <laughs> that that's why that line's super powerful is it it makes you step back and say okay what's my responsibility in this dude it's a powerful line and if you can look at that and think about i guess in another way that you can you can put this maybe you don't need another way to think about it maybe it's very clear but a stand-up comedian goes to the extremes, but you don't hear him on stage saying, okay, let me tell you what I actually really think. Part of the, part of the thing is, mm -hmm. is, is having a little bit mm -hmm. of that extreme and shock. Yeah. You will never hear a comedian say, I'm kidding mm -hmm. because it goes without saying. And, yeah. and so for what's happening within, within this, what going to that extreme and showing all that doesn't make me go, you know, I don't 100% agree, so this whole thing is shit. Mm -hmm. What it does is it makes you go, holy cow, wow, okay, there's, this is, um, he, he's, saying, he's saying a lot of stuff that makes you go, in, what, what it makes me do is, what's my responsibility in this? Yeah. Because I have young kids mm -hmm. that could get a hold of something, that could get a hold of something at one of their friend's house someday, mm -hmm. right? So... Where does this put me as a parent mm -hmm. of children that could 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 something like this the the story he's telling something like this could potentially happen to? Mm -hmm. What's my responsibility? What can I do to prevent that kind of thing? And and I think that if everybody were to take the message he's trying to say here mm -hmm. and apply it to themselves, not point a finger at the government or or doctors or the medical systems or somebody else's pills that were in a cabinet somewhere 
But if everybody can listen to this and say, what's my responsibility in this? I think that that, that would do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And, and I have, man, I have personal experience with this. The first, the first, um, drug I, I could argue that I was physically addicted to was Adderall and I was put on it when I was 16. And, um, man, if that doctor had like any idea of who I was and my background and everything, um, it might've been in his best interest to maybe not throw me on a bunch of Adderall, which I did get put on. Hmm. And it was hellacious, you know? And as much as I'd like to say, man, I should have known better. I should just fucking 16. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And I was an addict and I didn't even know that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I don't blame him hundred percent by any means. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see it as symptomatic of something larger. You know, because when we start pointing the finger, you're just losing somehow, some way. You're clearly not being open-minded enough to look at it and, and, and take in all into account, you know, in addressing the situation. And so, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it, I think one thing I just love about this song is it's so multifaceted, you know, like the, the, the music, you know, it's super like funky and groovy in the beginning, you know, and it's got like the snaps and, and different things. And do you, can I, can I speak to that quick? Please. Cause that beginning, how, how funky it is yeah. and that baseline and, and dude, it, it made me like, it, it made me bob my head a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But then at 20 seconds, I think it's, it's not, it's not too long into it, but I think at 20 seconds when the keys come in, it shifts the mood a little bit. Dude. And then his voice comes in and there's a level of sincerity and depth that just comes with the very simple keys that happen at 20 seconds. And it shifts from something that could be, you know, a groove that could be the backbeat for any, you know, pop song that's going to have, you know, just really any lighthearted whatever. And those keys just make you, and, and right when he comes in, those come in, it makes you pay attention. And there's a level of sincerity with it. Now it's not just this groovy beat anymore. There's a there's a story to be told. And then the choir vocals that come in. I mean, dude, Ryan Lewis knows what the hell is up, man. Because the elements that were put into this song, I, I have to. I, I'm going to give him credit for it because I think he probably orchestrated all of the stuff. You know, as the, as the producer, as as whatever musical element. So sorry if somebody else did it or or whatever. But dude, the the choir vocals a, across a lot of uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis songs, there's a lot of great soulful piano um, elements in and it. He plays, yeah. And, Ryan and Lewis it, is a yeah. It's plays beautiful. The piano, man. He plays the bass. It's yeah. a huge part of their sound. And in this song, um, it it's super fitting, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like from a musical perspective, even taking away, like we can set aside all the, all the, 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 um, the morals, right. And, and, and some of the, um, some of the, um, social commentary, if you strip all that away and just take it from a, a musical perspective and then, um, um, a lyrical fluidity perspective, dude, it is, um, yeah. And so he does something, one thing that Macklemore does uh, just so well on this album is, you know, one thing in, 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 in hip hop, one thing in rapping, the technique of rapping is there's this like ferociousness 
you know, that people just love when you can build into something. I mean, you know, Eminem is an obvious example of yeah, for sure. being able to build masterful at just it. masterful um, into, you know, this aggressive ability to cut from line to line, you know, and, and do it in, in interesting ways. On this album, Macklemore uh, finds ways to go from casual to quick in different fluctuations. And he fluctuates, fluctuates on this one at different times, right? And the relationship with Leon Bridges, right? And, and how that pairs, and it's just like this handoff, is just so great is just mm-hmm. so great. And, and one of the climactic, um, and I love it every time I hear it, one of the climactic lyrics, but the part that he builds up to is, um, God, anxiety, better go and give him a Xanax, focus, give him Adderall, sleep, give him Ambien until he's walking around the city looking like a mannequin. Yeah, Dude, when he says mannequin, the way he just like builds up and just kind of knifes into that um, is really great. But um, I just am really impressed um, with how original the composition of the song is because I just feel like it's very difficult to somehow blend so many, like there's some funky like guitars and bass in the beginning and it's kind of almost like this jazzy kind of barbershop Mm -hmm. kind of, and then it kind of turns into this incredibly sincere, you know what I mean? soulful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then it gets to Leon, and then it comes back, and now, now all of a sudden, it's almost like we're battle rapping like against <laughs> someone we're like pissed off at. You know, yeah. it's just it's got so much, and so um, yeah. And the one thing, um, uh, you know, I'll I'll pivot to um, when it comes to um, just a little bit of uh, race politics is it's just so indicative. Um, one one. Um, uh, Ibram Kendi, the academic Ibram Kendi, who a lot of people love to um, kind of put on the frying pan now, um, a lot of conservatives do, but I think he's a great scholar. Um, he talks about uplift suasion. Other people call it respectability politics. But it's this concept that people need to like prove their worth, right? And unfortunately, it's, it's um, much of white America has held this into account um, to kind of justify um, oppressing or looking down upon different black communities you know they use things like you know oh, well look at the crime look at this and look at that and it's like it's not what we're talking about here we're talking about loving people regardless of their skin color you know what i mean let's yeah. keep it very simple right and so within that right there's just this element I, I just wanted to bring this out for this specific song man how much we miss out if we don't bring in the best of all of our communities you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there is not one black community, right? There are millions. And there's not one white community. There are millions, right? There's, it's important that we just constantly say that disclaimer of there's so much diversity within every single community. But I just think it's so cool. If Leon Bridges wasn't in this song, look at how much we'd be losing out. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, such a, it's just such a triumph of collaboration between white and black artists. And, and, I, and I love that. The my my uh, my favorite musical element of the song to lead into Leon Bridges and how impactful he is in the song. My my favorite musical element is it, it's it is the choir vocals and yeah. specifically when they do the woes and the haze and uh, um, 
because as it's going, the music kind of builds up a little bit, and then they do the woes and the haze, and then it drops down at three minutes and 42 seconds, which is my favorite moment. Um, the end, it's just, just the piano and Leon bridges. And that chorus, when it goes down to that, I feel is even more powerful um, than the previous ones. Because mm. he kind of goes into that, you're killing me. Mm. And the use of that line, you know, people say that to just kind of like, man, you're killing me. You know, quit doing that. Just killing me, man. You know, could you, whatever it is. And that line fits with that kind of phrasing within the element of like, hey, can you look in my eyes? You're killing me, man. Let's look in my eyes. But then he's actually literally, he's meaning the literal sense of killing me as well. Yeah. Like the, the overprescription and, and what's happening. And there's the, the use of that. It's kind of a beautiful use of it and, and, and then the sincerity. And then it, it almost hits you in a way that when he says, you're killing me, and then, he, and then he says it more and more, it like shifts in your mind like, oh, wait a second, he's talking about actually killing you. And the way that that kind of is, is um, I, I don't really know the best way to put it, but I, it, kinda, it kind of, it made me feel that that the first couple of times he said it, it was just in that way that we all normally say it. And then after it came out a couple of times, the sincerity of it and how meaningful it was and everything's dropped down was just like, wow. Dude, and from a narrative perspective, um, it's so powerful because he's saying you're killing me. So he's stepped in for this voice that Macklemore's talking about, you know, this fictional character, um, Kevin. Yeah. Um, is a um you know he's almost like a metonymy he's he's a he's a stand-in for so many other people right he's a representative yeah. of and then you know so leon bridges saying you're killing me you know it's just so powerful that and it's unifying too because it's that accountability yeah, you're talking he's being about the voice of maybe people that has this, passed he's yeah. he's trying to be the voice for all of them. this is us you yeah. know what i mean and i think that that's a really cool and unfortunately Look, if you're listening to this and I could make one suggestion to you, if if I learned any lessons last year, it was how cruel our own cynicism can be to prevent us from growth and change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, dude, I would get so disillusioned sometimes by some well-meaning people saying some stupid shit, trying to be like supportive or productive of having social discourse about race and politics and identity because you know thankfully um those conversations were able to happen more than i've ever seen last year but it was incredibly tragic how they came about you know mm -hmm. but my, my point of saying all this is to say like man don't be like disillusioned you know if you hear someone like <laughs> saying something that you just think is kind of like wacky or um cheap you know what i mean like oh man like one one thing I'll say is like when I hear people say like, "Oh, dude, I'm you know the whole colorblind thing. I don't, I don't see color, man. I see everyone equal." Yeah, well, fucking people have different color skin. Yeah, and that has factored into their lives. Yeah, systemically. So let's not do that bullshit. Let's just <laughs> recognize it for what it is. You know. So like I'm saying this to say like when you hear that, it's like oh I don't even want to talk about this stuff. 
it's like, hey, you can just chalk it up and be like, I don't dig how that person approaches it, but I'm going to, you know. So this whole, I, I say all that to say the way Leon Bridges brings us together, you know. This is a symptom of something that's going on in our community. And instead of trying to piece it apart and thinking what's right and what's wrong, just let it hit you in your gut, man. Exactly. I think, I think that's, what, that's what I think is great about this is you, you, that was a great way to put it, man. Just let it hit you in your gut. I don't think I could say it better than that. Just enjoy, enjoy it and, and respect it for the point that it's trying to make. And I think um, th this, th you talking about that and even a little bit about what you were saying um, um, before was kind of reminded me, I, I told you about the song by Joyner Lucas, I'm Not Racist. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's just, just made me think of that. Like that, that song, I think, Joyner does a really great job of laying out almost all the stereotypes on both sides and the anger on both sides of, of you know, I guess really he's, it's, it's specific to white and black races. But I've never heard a song that does a better job of trying to Put, put out um, the divide and, and some of the stereotypes that, that go out. But at the end, when, he's, when he says, I, I forget the exact lyric, but it's like, um, it's, it's like we're in the same building, but on different floors. Mm. And I, th I think that, um, but but then he's talking about uh, I think he says something that's like we're in the same building but on different floors. Now you know my story. I want to know yours. It's I I don't I don't know it, and I'm yeah, really yeah. sorry. Yeah, People no. should go and listen to the song. I'm not racist yeah. by Joyner Lucas. Yeah. Because at the end of that song, I was like, I I want to I want to be on this guy's side. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to I want to I want to. This guy is trying to take the the anger and the the discrepancies in, in thought and, um, you know, e even from a political standpoint of, of how people can pick sides that way and, and point out flaws on the other side. But at the end of it, it's more of like, okay, we've all heard each other's stories now. Can we give each other a hug, find a way to love each other? And that doesn't mean abandon what we've learned or ignore what we've learned and ignore the lessons of the past embrace those understand those both sides you know show show a level of you know empathy for the position some are in and i i just felt like it's such a powerful song and again it's a song that you don't have to necessarily agree with and i think that this can be said maybe i'm going out on a limb here but i think this can be said mostly about you know even even the differences with liberals and conservatives is I think that many times within politics and why it can be so unattractive to so many people is because there's a whole lot of focus on little nuanced things that are within it, nuanced opinions. For example, somebody can listen to the song we're breaking down right now and say, well, I don't agree with him at pointing the fingers at the medical industry as if it's all on them. And they're going to get into this specific thing and they completely miss what mm -hmm. should be hitting them in the gut. Like what you said, yeah. they completely miss it. 
Yeah. And we get so hung up on the the things that people said that were wrong. You know, even between Christians and non-Christians, you can get hung up in, if you're a non-Christian, and some of the beliefs that the Christians have, or the Christians, and some of the, the, the bad deeds that are being done by non-Christians, and you get hung up on all these, and you forget about, wait a second, mm. there's common ground here, and there's love that we can have, and there's understanding on both sides, and we can be fair about it. Mm. And that doesn't mean we should ignore really wrong things because what you say matters, mm. right? I'm not saying what you say doesn't matter. It does. But I think that if, if, we can, if you can get past picking apart all the little specifics and find the common ground and find a way to love and push, push through that, that's the only way that you'll actually be able to cope with the differences. But, but competing with each other, conservatives, conservatives and liberals, and picking apart every last thing that each of the sides say and slamming them and, and, and you know, all the, all the tactics that they use to, to say, oh, they said this wrong or they did this wrong or they voted for this thing 10 years ago so they're going to be horrific now and just slamming them all the time. It doesn't get, it doesn't, it doesn't put a whole lot of confidence in people that need to look at them as leaders. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of division, and there's not a whole lot of confidence that comes from that. But if you can find a way to, to find some common ground and love each other, it's the only way that you'll be able to actually really resolve those differences. And I, I would think that that's maybe the point of this, is, is to, to look at this and say, where's my responsibility, and how can we resolve this as a whole? Mm -hmm. And uh, um, anyway, it, 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 this is an incredibly powerful song, and I'm really grateful that you put this album on my on my radar because there's there's a lot more within this entire album and in fact in, in really macklemore and ryan lewis's library mm -hmm. yeah no i man uh you know thanks to anthony and and thanks to it's great to finally reference an album to you someone who's referenced so many to me and and i'll just uh touch on a, a few things and then hand it off to you to I guess do whatever we need to do with this. But um, a couple things. One is, uh, yeah, it's easy to focus on the problem and not work toward a solution. Same thing at work. You know, I love this, uh, your attitude as, as a boss. And, and it's something that I, you know, observe is uh, you come to me with a problem. Uh, it's going to be a lot different if you come to me with a problem and a few suggestions <laughs> or <Yeah>. even some <laughs> suggestions on how, you know, you can be of help to someone, you know, but just going up to someone and being like, Hey, this is, this is a problem. And then focusing on it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the essence of unity, um, you know, we can metaphorically look at, you know, put down the pin and look in my eye, you know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's try and do that a little more. And, and yeah, honest discourse is super important to have. And, and it's such a privilege too. Like that was one thing that riveted me last, um, last, last year. I remember seeing a lot on social media of people, um, people of color getting really upset with some um, white postings of like, um, almost like trying to hush like the, the, the voices in ways where it's like, Hey, this isn't this isn't as big of a deal as you're making it out to be, or, or different different attitudes like that, you know, or like you're putting too much stock in who our politicians are, like it's not going to change your life a whole lot and all this stuff, and and to hear like 
you got to be kind of privileged to even have that opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, dang, dude, <laughs> I haven't considered that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really learned a lot last year and, and hope to continue to, but, um, yeah, to bring it back to the song, man, this is, um, obviously it shot us in so many different directions and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, man, I love that. Like yeah. if art can tell a story and get you talking, it's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and so, yeah, man. And, and just shout out to, um, if you haven't, if you're listening and haven't heard of any of Leon's, uh, albums, um, check them out. His song, the river will change your life. Um, he's got a ton of great tunes, but if you like this song, you'll love the song, the river, but, um, yeah, I guess, uh, what do we need to do to, to, to wrap this up I've, you're, I've, the, you're the boss at that <laughs> i've spoken my piece on this song man it's yeah. a very powerful song and and there's there's a lot to it uh do you, do you have a do you have a summary yeah man i think i think we've done a i think we've done a great job of um you know getting out what we wanted to get out i i suppose um and i i I'm just so grateful to be alive today and to have made it through the horror of active addiction and have the opportunity to feel the way I feel today. I could have been that mannequin out there, man, just dying. And I was that mannequin for a long time, just zonked out. And uh, I didn't think I'd make it out. So if you know someone, you know, if you're listening and you know anyone with, with uh, substance abuse problems, first, uh, feel free to contact me and I'll do whatever I can to help. And second, um, just know that, you know, they're not a bad person, they're a sick person, they need help. And unfortunately, it's on them to find that help. But, you know, you can you can do your part, you know, all we can do is our part. Um, that individual has to want it. <laughs> you can't make someone want to get clean. Um, but, you know, you've always told me this, um, as long as we're loving them the best we can, we'll be there if they need someone. And, and that's the that's the most powerful thing we can do. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, I'm incredibly grateful that however you overcame and, and, and were able to push through to be the, the man you are today, um, I'm a better person because of it. And, you know, um, I've seen a couple other people really struggle with addiction and, and get through it. And um, you're a really big part of a lot of people's happiness. And um, that's important for everybody to, to, to know. There, although you may feel like you're not in certain moments or that there's a level of insignificance, I am certain that you're a big part of somebody's happiness. And you're a, you're a really big part of mine. And um, I've got a couple of, of family members and friends outside of that that are a big part of my happiness as well, that if addiction would have taken their lives, um, you know, what we're doing now wouldn't have been possible, you know. And so I'm just, uh, um, I guess I, I, I this, this uh, I'm glad that this song could bring up a way for you and I to kind of discuss that and for me to kind of declare that to you, I guess, that um, it's a pretty amazing thing uh, to be able to get through um, that, well, that struggle and, uh, and, and be able to, I like how you said, feel 
but then also help others feel. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you.